Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans. All across this wide, wonderful, and beautiful thing we call the internet, it's time for another edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. Of course, we're trudging along through this wonderful season we call Tennessee football. And of course, that means I got to bring in my buddy Trey Pack, who's with me as always to talk about yet another Tennessee loss. How are you doing, Trey? Buddy, I, I'm I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you this. You know that bitter taste that we've had in our mouth for weeks and we didn't have, we had a clean palate for a couple of weeks. What's well, back? Okay, let's just say I'm eating sand again. It's a yeah. nightmare. It's it's every, every day, every week is just, just a living nightmare right now. It's one of those things where, and of course we talk about this, Tennessee losing 31 to 19. So they did beat the spread, uh, which, you know, made something. I never bet on Tennessee games, so it doesn't matter to me. But I would have lost money if I bet on Tennessee games. Yeah, it was great because before they got that last uh, second touchdown or last minute touchdown, Pruitt and the gang went for two and they were up 18. The line, at least on FanDuel, the the side I bet on was uh, 17 and a half. Uh, so Jesus, I had a, I had a game in like that last week. Um, it, they, uh, I can't remember who it was now, but they were, uh, the spread was like 19 points and they won, by, it was 19 and a half and they won by 19, something like yep. that. It was like a half a point. Well, the T yeah, the TCU uh, Oklahoma state game was 52 and a half or 51 and a half and it was 22 to 29 so it was exactly 51 i won by a half point so uh, see those are the best those are the best kind of wins you feel like you beat vegas you, you did it and then you're just on the other end of that like why would i try to compete against yep. people that do this for a living yep it's designed to make them money of course and, of course, Kyle Trask, he's going to probably make some money up at the next level if he can get there. And he always is able to do that against Tennessee. He did well last season when he got the start coming in for an injured Felipe Franks, if I remember correctly. Yep. But uh, no problem. Florida couldn't run the ball to save their life, which back forever running the ball was the key to winning the Tennessee-Florida game, but that is not the case anymore. Kyle Trask throwing for 433 yards and four touchdowns. Again, Tennessee loses to Florida 31-19, to and Florida clinching the East. Uh, you know, I was talking to our good friend Chase Dyer from the Wild with a Y podcast because if Florida had lost, that might have given Georgia somewhat of a chance in the game. And I said, sorry, you had to rely on Tennessee. He's like, oh, I wasn't relying on them. Georgia screwed it themselves over, so... Yeah, it's a it's a really good way to put it, um, man. It's it's so wild to think, I, like if you go back and listen to the episode we had Chase on, we were so hopeful. There was you know, optimism. There yes. was, I thought that that Pruitt was the second coming. I thought that Garantano could maybe still do it. I thought that I wasn't going to spend every Sunday morning hating the color orange, but you know I do every week. Um, but looking, I, I literally want to go back and listen to that episode just to feel some sort of optimism. Yeah. And you, of course, can listen to all our episodes wherever you find your fine podcast. So check them all out. Give us a five-star review on all of those. And, of course, you can uh, find the Man in the Arena podcast over on Instagram and over on Facebook where we've got the Man in the Arena podcast stuff where we post all the links and all that good stuff. So follow all of that. But, yeah, it, it's just not... I'm watching these games and I'm like, I'm not having fun at, at all. Like the only game I got worked up about and had that we've all had that when the game's close and you're really into it. My heart's beating a lot faster than it probably healthy uh, living should be allowed to have at any point. Uh, that was the South Carolina game, which seemed yeah. eons ago. I mean, oh. Tennessee beat the tar out of, out of Missouri. So I didn't have to worry in that game that much. And then the rest of them, it's just been I just I nothing. I'm just sitting there with my arms crossed, watching the damn game. And people point to this this point in our season so often, and I hate to to fall into that cliche. But since the second half of the Georgia game, it, it's felt like a completely different year. Yeah, like the the first you know two and a half games that we played seem literally like ten years ago. 
Um, and, and somehow we're just literally, you know, looking in the face of the worst season in Tennessee football history. It, um, yeah, it could be that by winning percentage, but when all is said and done. Right, yeah, statistics, yeah, I mean, I know it's COVID, it's a weird year, I get it, but an asterisk by it, it's still the worst season ever. Yeah, and of course, you look at it, again, Tennessee had the lead at some point in the game, there just needs to be a new rule that Tennessee's not allowed to take the lead in a football game this season, Maybe in, except Vanderbilt, we'll talk Vanderbilt in a minute, uh, until there's like 30 seconds maybe left to go in the game because every time it seems like we take the lead in one of these games, we just can't score any more points after that. Well, it's, it's conservative play calling, man. And, and again, I feel like I'm one of these, you know, jagaloons on CBS sports that I cannot stand their commentators, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, we get too conservative. Um, and you just, I mean, you gotta, like, like general Neyland said, put on more steam. Yeah, like put the foot on the throat. Let's go for the kill. Let's get up, you know, three possessions on on these, you know, these jokers, and let's put them to bed. Instead, you know, we we have that ability. We show we have that ability if we continue to be aggressive. And then for whatever reason, we don't. And then the ball just is not bouncing our way. You have, I mean, Bailey came in, looked okay, really. I mean, fourteen for twenty one, not great. Um. But then, but then, you know, he led a good drive. Tennessee, all Tennessee's touchdown drives were over 90 yards. I think they're 96, 94, 93 or something like that. They were insane that Tennessee was able to put those together. But then you had a perfectly fake punt called. Paxton Brooks hit the guy in the hands and he just couldn't hang on to the ball. Which And, and luckily Florida missed that field goal, but that's still just a missed opportunity that Tennessee had right there that just is one of those things where you look at it, it's like that's just the way this season is going. It's momentum. I mean, you 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 go for the fake punt, you give your guys a shot, and you know, and then when something like it's it's almost like you shoot yourself in the foot with plays like that. Because if not only just from like a field position standpoint, obviously, but like just from a, a confidence standpoint, you're like, man, they we we were aggressive in our play calling, it didn't work out. So now we're really, we got a real bad, we got to make up for that aggressive play call. Um, you know, and that's, you know, same thing, you know, we're going 95, 94, you know, however many 90 plus yard drives for touchdowns. It's because when we have our back against the wall like that, we're playing aggressively. But when we're in a, you know, a, a more favorable position, we're, we're too passive. Yeah. And that just gets, frustrating because you look at it and then now you have a debate where now Tennessee's got another quarterback controversy really when you look at it because Bailey started the game but JT Shrout came in and played really well at the end of the game and it's one of these things where now who the heck are you starting against Vanderbilt coming up next week I think this week you play them both. Um, Just rotate them in almost like Spurrier did back in the day. Yeah, just do drive by drive. Especially, I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but we're a a 17 point favorite. Is that what you said before the game? I think it's 16 and a half right now. So, yeah, we're a 16 and a half point favorite against anybody that's not a high school team. So, yeah, I mean, we should win this game comfortably. We'll get to predictions later. But, yeah, this is the week that you find your quarterback who can take command of the game. Um, and if Bailey's not ready, Bailey's not ready. I'll just be honest with you, Shibley. I am so I, – I don't even care about a controversy as long as Jared Garantano is not involved in it. I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's let's have two guys competing for a spot, which there was no quarterback controversy with Garantano. It was everyone in America saying bench him, and the controversy was Pruitt said no. Yeah. Until, yeah. you know, until you're two and six. And that's the frustrating thing because we've just we had a guy, but then Garantano's just not proven to be able to be the guy that we can rely on game in and game out to at least not have turnovers in the red zone on a constant basis. So now you're gonna have who's gonna be your quarterback 
And that's what we got going forward. And who knows? And now we've got recruits dropping. They're disappearing. Like or at least flies. They're, they're decommitting. Oh they're disappearing like the snap after uh, in in the Avengers uh, Infinity War after the oh, snap. Nice. They're all just turning to dust. Now, again, some of them could recommit. We they're, they're just not fully committed to Tennessee. They've opened back up because, again, the early signing period is what next Tuesday? Yeah, I it's think. Nigh for sure. Yeah, it's definitely. Coming yeah, up. it's coming up quick. So, and again, some of these guys might resign. That's one of the reasons why, though. I just, and again, I'm not a recruiting guy. You're more of a recruiting guy than I am, but I just don't put so much stock in when players just keep saying they're committed to Tennessee when there's like a whole season left to be played. Like I will look at everything once that. And it, it, the fact that they still use a fax machine is beyond me. But once those letters of intent are faxed in and they're in, then I, we can talk yeah, about it. Exactly, man. And even then, with the transfer portal the way it is, you may get a, you know, a, a, a five-star recruit in. He comes in, doesn't win the starting job, and then he ends up transferring. He never even plays it down for you. Yeah. Um, so, bro, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I'm into recruiting. You know, I was fortunate enough to kind of get to go through that process on a very different scale, obviously. Um, but it, it's – yeah, I'm right there with you, bro. I mean, even in the smallest of schools all the way up to, you know, SEC ball, we're talking about 17-year-old kids. Um, and these there are people that get paid millions of dollars on these coaching staffs to play with their emotions, to get them into a position. Um, I'm really, really happy that verbal commitments are not binding. Even the, even in this case where it's, it's kind of, it's not great for Tennessee right now because if those verbal commitments were binding, then we would have, you know, that we wouldn't be losing these athletes, mm-hmm. but man, it is, uh, anytime somebody, Oh, we got this commit. That's awesome. man. talk to me in April when they yeah. sign their letter of intent. Yeah, that's been my thing. Because, again, who knows what a 17, 18-year-old kid's going to do. Minds can change for so many different reasons. You have no idea. No, man, I saw a, a good friend of mine um, was committed to a Division One ACC school that I will not name because that would give away my friend. Uh, and he decided not to go there, chose a different school on the other side of the country over a girlfriend. So, you know, yeah. I mean – we're talking about literally, I want you, listener, I want you to imagine when you were 17 years old and now you have to make quite literally one of the most important decisions of your life. Yeah. Does it go well in your head? Because it doesn't in mine. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I also believe, and hopefully they seem to be moving toward this. We'll see if they decide to do it. But every, especially in college football, you need to be able to have that one time transfer rule yep. where you don't lose a year of eligibility. You don't have to sit out a year or what have you, because coaches and everybody can move in. I'm big on that. Yep, I think it will make JUCO what it, what JUCO is supposed to be, um, which is you know a breeding ground for talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of kids in junior college, which I, you know, thanks to shows like Last Chance U, I, I was very interested in junior college before, but now you know I'm really have dove into that world. It gets dominated by these players, not just at, at schools like East Mississippi. But all over the country, these places get dominated uh, by, you know, guys that are just taking a step down to, to come right back up. So I think it's, yeah, everybody should get one at least. And then and then we'll we'll figure out a plan after that. Because, I mean, we're, I saw a game the other day uh, where they said the quarterback had transferred like four times. And it was like, you know, it was a nobody school. But four times, it's like, all right, well, you got to sit a year and do something. Yeah. I agree. And it's interesting. Yeah, the only recruiting that I ever got to be involved with was, uh, this is really nerdy, was when Pokemon Go came out like four years ago and you had to choose between like Team Instinct, Team Valor, and Team Mystic. And like I asked everybody who I should pick and then all my friends were like telling me which one I should pick. And then I went with, uh, again, Chase sold me on it because we're both living in the Carnes area. So we're like, we can go and attack all the Carnes gyms and take care of those. So I went with Team Mystic. So uh, that's about as close as I'll get to recruiting. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a dirty game, bro. It really is. I mean, like yep. I said, I, I got to do it on just the smallest scale possible. Um, 
we've got some really close friends of mine that have done it on the biggest scale possible. And mm-hmm. they're, they're great recruiters when it boils down to it are really good at making parents trust them and manipulating kids into thinking that they have their best interest at heart. Now I'm not saying that, that recruiters don't because I do think they do, but when it boils down to it, if they recruit you and you don't perform, you're not going to be there long. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you need a coach to coach them up. And I mean, that's what you look at the coaches at like Boise state, all those different coaches have been able to get guys to play way above their rating for so long, which is part of the other reason that recruiting just drives me insane because you can get you can get a three-star guy to be play a five-star talent or you can get a five-star guy and he ends up being a two-star talent just by so many different things that happen. You can have a five-star guy, like I said, ride your bench for a year or two and then transfer. Yep, and that too. Meanwhile, you talk about two teams that are playing above their level – when you look at what happened in the rest of the college football world, we talked about this a little bit because the game, it was supposed to be Coastal Carolina versus Liberty, but Liberty had to drop out because of COVID issues through their team. So they make a quick call over to Provo, Utah, and BYU yeah, yeah. comes in. It was like a Tinder date of a football game. Is I what loved it. it. Oh, my it was- God, Mormons versus Mullets, buddy. It was, it, this has by far been my favorite football game of 2020. Oh, so much fun. And that was that was so much part of it was like especially after just being depressed watching the Tennessee game, I came on and was able to watch most of this game and it was fun. It was amazing. The BYU guy gets stopped at the 1 yard line oh. shades of Super Bowl 34 with the Titans falling 1 yard short against the Rams. Oh, breaking everybody in Nashville's heart. But Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, getting the win over the Cougars 22-17 to with just a fun game. We had yep. so much fun watching that game. Uh, I mean, it, what it did it, for me, it, it brought back um, – it brought back those feels of high school games, man. That, that's not, you don't do that in college. You don't get just a random game put together over a couple of days. It doesn't happen. That happens in middle schools or high schools. You throw together a game. Like, all right, you know, we're already ready. Let's play Friday. Let's figure something out. We get to see that on the biggest scale against two top 20 teams and, and two teams that never play. I, don't, I think this is their first meeting ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, you know, don't know anything about each other. But just that sense of competition between them, there's a little chippiness. There was almost yeah. a brawl at halftime. Oh, and these teams don't even know each other. No, they don't. Just, uh, uh. And then I don't know. I'm a big I'm a big Coastal Carolina guy right now. Um, I love, you know, kind of the the pro you know, the the yeah. fan base of what they're kind of cultivating there. Um, but bro, Mormons versus Mullets, I think they should play every year now. I they think should. they that should be a. That's the most organic way to build a rivalry that I've ever seen. It, it was great. It reminded me of what they've done. They did it in college basketball for a while. I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was that they had that bracket buster weekend where it just seemed like they kind of left these schedules open where a bunch of these mid-majors, like the top mid-major teams, would play another big mid-major team to kind of help build their own resumes from all these different conferences so they look better to the NCAA committee. So, But it it reminds me of one time I was back in high school when I was um, the PA announcer for my high school, Kellum High School in Virginia Beach, uh, I get a call from the athletic director. He's like, hey, can you come in and announce this game? And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> Apparently some some team from Philadelphia was passing through Virginia Beach and they wanted to play another game on their way to a tournament or something. So they just call up our school and they set up and played a game, got the refs and everything. <laughs> it was, Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's in basketball, especially in high school basketball. Um, I, I never, we just did the whole student section thing. I got to, yeah. to run that for a long time. It was really fun. Anyway, uh, it's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, man, it, we had stuff like that all the time. We'd have the Christmas tournament and like, all right, there's eight teams in this tournament. And then you would show up the first day and it's like, okay, there's 14 teams. It's like, where, where do they come from? Like, yep. what, how did this happen? How is this, how could you allow this to happen? But, yeah, no, you find out there's a game going. And basketball is obviously a lot easier to put together than football. Oh, yeah. Um, but Coastal Carolina BYU did it. They were like, all right, yeah. we're, do- we're both off. We're both pissed because we both feel like we should be getting more attention than we are. So let's 
let's prove it. Yep. And hats off to the BYU equipment truck drivers who had to drive from Provo all the way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on like three days notice. So that's yeah. oh, it's a nightmare. Good for them. Um, one of the, before we get into one of the topics I wanted to talk about with college privilege and things like that, one of the other weird scores you got this week was Rice, who hadn't won a game all season, go into Huntington, West Virginia. No, they've won two games. I'm sorry. Uh, but they only they barely played, beat a Marshall team that I thought was pretty good. They beat them 20 to nothing. It's the first time a top 20 team had been shut out at home I think since the seventies or something like that, it was really weird. Of course, when your quarterback throws five interceptions, that can happen. Oh yeah. I mean, Marshall looked like Tennessee this weekend. You know, they just, they'll catch up. They'll just give them the tapes and they'll see how to progress from there. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I did kind of want to get your thoughts on, because it seems like we've already got sets of the uh, championship games. Of course, the SEC championship game has been set with Florida and Alabama. They're going to meet to play, but they're also playing games this weekend. Meanwhile, you have essentially the ACC went out and just essentially declared the ACC season over, the regular season over for Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame was supposed to be playing I believe Pitt, and they're just like, uh, no, they're supposed to play Wake Forest, I'm sorry, on December 12th, and uh, Clemson wasn't scheduled to play anybody, but they were thinking they were going to put the Florida State game in there, but now, I guess to preserve, as they said, to preserve the championship game, neither team is now going to play, they're going to have a bye week before the ACC championship game next Saturday, which kind of leads to some little college football privilege if you ask me, when it comes to some of these teams. And then the big news was the Big Ten allowing now, because the Ohio State-Michigan game was called off because of the COVID issues in the Michigan program, uh, which, again, ruins a rivalry game that I love watching every year as much as I can't stand either team. Ohio State-Michigan is great. But after Ohio State took care of Michigan State, because the Michigan game was postponed, Ohio State was not going to be able to meet the six qualified games. There was some talk about maybe Ohio State and Texas A&M meeting somewhere, like in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis or something, say, hey, you guys both need a game, here you go. But that didn't happen. The Big Ten, long story short, changed the rules where now you didn't have to play six games to be eligible to play in the Big Ten championship, which I know the people at Indiana are probably a little upset about. Because they did all the right things and played every game. Yeah, I know, man. It's definitely a privilege, and it's one of those things that COVID is a weird year, but it's like you're just not even hiding it anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at least a lot of people like tell them it was a computer generated system, and that's how they got. Don't just be like, all right, you know, Ohio State's in. Y'all can figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I told. I, I mean, I'm sure we talked about it on this fine podcast before. Where I was like, if they didn't get it, oh, the Big Ten's going to change that rule. If it's Ohio, since, since their first week. Yeah. If it's Ohio State, they're going to get in. If it was Ohio State, Michigan, or probably Penn State, where you're probably three bell cow teams that would bring the most eyeballs, oh, yeah, they would go through this in a heartbeat if it was going to affect them. If it was going to affect Indiana or Northwestern or something or Iowa they're not going to bend over backwards for that but again it's Ohio State they're going to do it because you know they want Ohio State in that college football playoff yeah exactly and it's there's one of those weird things it's like man I get it like I understand where you're coming from Ohio State is your best chance for your conference to win a national championship but again, lie. Find, find, find a story. Find a way to lie to us. I'm yep. tired. Of, that, that's what this year has felt like so often. There's been like, okay, you've been lying to us forever about everything, and now you're not, and now I'm upset. Yeah. Just lie to me. Lie to me. I'm comfortable with that at this point. Right, exactly. Yep. But we'll see. Of course, we'll talk about all the other great college football games that are coming up, including, of course, 
my favorite rivalry will always be this. It's not even a Tennessee one. It's the Army-Navy game that one of these days I'm going to go see that game in person. I don't care how much snow's on the ground. Um, But we'll talk about that one in a little bit. Uh, Let's move over to the NFL real quick. One of the weirdest games that happened over the the week, it seems like, because they've been playing NFL, it seems like, all week this week, was the Raiders-Jets game where the Jets had the Raiders dead to rights. And for some reason... They decided to blitz, which left the Raiders to throw a wide-open pass with five seconds left. Carr threw that. And then the Jets just fired their defensive coordinator after that. Uh, yeah, what else, what else do you do? Yeah. It's like, bend, don't break. All you have to do is not give up a touchdown. Why are you blitzing and telling your defensive back? Like, you should be screaming at your safety, don't let anyone behind you. And and was it Jerry Judy? Is that who caught it? Yep, I think it, so. Yeah, it, you know the hot shot rookie first round draft pick is wide open. That makes no sense. Yeah, that was one of the it was one of the it's like no no re- yeah the defensive coordinator don't even bother getting on the bus like we'll walk you. I don't even know how Adam Gase, their head coach, still has a job at this point either. Uh, it's it's a, it's incredible. But um, but what do you do for him? Yeah. I mean, the Jets are terrible. They're going to end up drafting Trevor Lawrence, which I would I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I would, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I'd be like, no, I'm going to go back to Clemson. Screw this. Oh, I we've talked about this before. There's there's been rumors. I get yep. it, but I also think, I also think there are teams in the NFL that will make a trade happen to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? it's I almost. I think he's that level of talent. It's like the John Elway and Eli Manning situations all over again is probably what it's going to end up being. Yeah, the Jets draft me. I'm not going there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Browns, congratulations. The Browns are going to have their first winning season in like 18 years or something like that. 18 seasons since the Browns. They guarantee themselves getting the win over the Titans. They were up 38-7 to at the half. Yeah. I don't know what the heck happened to Tennessee over the last week. They look great beating the Colts and then just lay the egg here. Uh, again, we got to see if the Browns can do this now consistently for the rest of the season. That's going to be their big thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Browns have the best offensive – I don't know about the best offensive line, but it's definitely top five. Uh, Chubb's really starting to put it together, which is letting Baker you know, do his thing. Yeah. So you had that. The Chiefs survive against a game Broncos team uh, with actual quarterbacks this time, so congratulations to them for getting that. Uh, The Patriots blowing out the Chargers. Of course, the Patriots are actually playing now right now as well on Thursday night football against the Rams. Meanwhile, you had uh, on Monday, you had a double dose of Monday night football. Of course, the big news was the Washington football team knocking the Steelers from the ranks of the undefeated, even though if you listen to Mike Tomlin, he felt like this was coming, the way his team had been playing. Yeah, I mean, but what a weird team to knock him off. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I don't think the Steelers were going to end undefeated, but, like, I didn't think it was going to be Washington. Yeah. I mean, you look, though, the Giants, the Giants beat the Seahawks this last uh, week, and then the Washington football team, beating the Steelers. So again, maybe some of these teams in the NFC East aren't as bad as we thought they were. We'll see by the end of the year. Um, but meanwhile, the one team that has been lousy all year in the NFC East, and that's been the Cowboys, they lost to the Ravens uh, on Tuesday night, 34 to 17. So Lamar Jackson coming back and finally, Hey, if you're going to get healthy against a team, get healthy against the Cowboys right now. Cause they are terrible. Oh, it's a perfect game to come back to. Yeah. Oh, and going back to the Steelers real quick, that's why I wasn't thinking that the Steelers were going to finish the season undefeated was because they they were winning all their games, but their points scored have not been great. Like, they haven't been blowing teams out like the Patriots did all those years ago. So someone was going to come up and bite the Steelers, and it was the Washington football team. Yep. No, you so, know that, man. There you go. Meanwhile, we can talk some college basketball because the Tennessee men's team finally played a game. It oh, was amazing. So <laughs> Again, one of these Tinder date things all of a sudden. Uh, Colorado, uh, they played the Colorado Buffaloes. 
it was funny on the Colorado uh, Buffalo uh, Twitter feed. They put like, here's her next opponent is going to be. And they put like a photo. They put like a photo collage. And one of them was like Todd Helton. One yeah. of them was the Simpsons with the sun sphere. And then like Dolly Parton. I was like, well, I know who that is. Jeez. Well, what I love about that is both, both Twitter accounts, the Colorado basketball and Tennessee basketball, both Twitter accounts both posted similar posts at the same time. Like it was obviously coordinated. Yeah. But both of them used pictures of Todd Helton, which I thought was so funny. Oh yeah. Which is great. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee finally after four, they couldn't play their first four games. And then of course the game they had scheduled against UT Martin got canceled as well. Uh, Tennessee finally gets on the floor Looks okay. Still showed a lot of those first game issues that you have. Some too many turnovers. They really couldn't handle the Colorado zone, but they got through it on talent alone. Getting the win 56-47 did beat the spread. I think the spread was like seven points. So you have that. And again, Colorado's a good team out of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has not been what it what it's been over the years in terms of basketball, but still Colorado has a good chance to probably make the tournament. We'll see where everything goes. But it's great to have Tennessee basketball. And I was like, hey, a Tennessee team is winning. Not just the Lady Vols. Um, another men's team is winning something. Yep. No, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think, like, uh, I know with, like, a few minutes left, no score had more, had double digits for us. Yep. Um, but it just meant we were spreading the ball around. Everybody's getting touches. Everybody's getting buckets. Feed the floor, uh, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, Santiago is playing like a man possessed. Yep. He takes an elbow to the eye. You can see the blood in his his ghost hair. Yep. Yeah, that uh, was that was a weird look for him. But hey, go ahead. You're a t- you're a college kid. Do it. Right. Did you ever watch the TV show Danny Phantom? No. I uh, said, so, yeah. There's more of my generation. Uh, long story short, it's about a kid that turns into a ghost and his hair goes white. That's every time I see Santiago. I'm like, my man is going ghost right now. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, the men's team, their next opponent is Cincinnati. That's going to be in Thompson Bowling Arena at 1230 Eastern Time on the SEC Network alternate channel. So it's on that extra channel that they have. Um, good news is the game should be over in time for the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. So we'll see where that goes. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Lady Vols are in progress now as we record this. They're up on the Purple Paladins of Furman, 61-46. to 46. Uh, The Lady Vols won uh, against... They they won their first couple of games. Uh, they beat Western Kentucky, 87-47. to 47. We talked about that. Then they beat ETSU, 67 to 50. But then they lose a against a really good West Virginia team there in Morgantown, 79 to 73. So again, Lady Vols still kind of working. Kelly Harper's got to get this team to kind of come up uh, a little bit on the talent wise, but looking okay at least to start the season. Yeah, man, I, it's it's definitely not the it's not how it used to be, yeah. and I think eventually you know Alabama and football is going to go through this. Um, eventually Duke, you know, basketball has, and Kentucky is experiencing this right now in basketball. I think, um, is that dynasties don't last forever. Uh, yep. it's, it's very weird watching the lady balls right now. Um, yeah, but you know, hopefully they get an uptick. Maybe they're not down long. Yeah, it is. It is always nice to watch Kentucky basketball struggle. That does make me happy and will always bring a smile to my face. Oh, it's next level. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it just means the SEC is going to be truly up for grabs. Yep. A couple of other uh, news and notes as we kind of go through here before we get to picking games and everything. Uh, what, what did you think? Did you hear that LSU football, they self-imposed a one-year bowl ban uh, yeah. that's going to be effective for this season? Uh, by the way, LSU is they're, – they're three and five and will be three and six after Florida beats the crap out of them this week. So, uh, yeah, that was really nice of them to bowl ban this season uh, yeah, with the NCAA sanctions. I get it, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it, we can hate on it all we want to, but at the end of the day, it is a smart move. <laughs> you, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. Like, if we're talking about this, we're not putting an asterisk by it. This year really matters. It's, it's like, does it really, though? Yep, that is true. Now we'll see, of course, if anything does come down more 
on uh, the LSU basketball program and their head coach with this whole nother situation that we do not have time to really uh, go against at this point. We could could have a whole series about recruiting violations. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, that would we could we could. Yeah, do an absolute. We should do like a true crime podcast on recruiting violations. Oh, we we talked about that forever ago with the old network. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. I'll get off topic. Uh, a couple of other things that have happened over the week. You had uh, UEFA Champions League games in action. I am a big soccer guy when it comes especially to some of these European teams. I love the Champions League and everything. One of the things that did happen, this was really interesting of two teams coming together. We've seen this a little bit, not to this level, of you know the teams locking arms and different things, united against racism and different things here in America. But after apparently um, the... Ref, a referee, and this is against a game in Paris, against Paris Saint-Germain and a, uh, a Turkish team called uh, Basakashir, I think. I beg anybody's pardon who's a fan. By the way, write me and I'll pronounce it correctly uh, for anybody out there in Istanbul listening. But uh, <laughs> apparently the fourth referee, he's the one who keeps the, the time and those different things, um, said something apparently racist against the coach and both teams walked off the field because of that, which was just amazing to see. Uh, it, it, you know, apparently, yeah, the, the referee, uh, his name is Sebastian Coltescu of Romania was accused of using a racial term to identify the assistant coast of, uh, Boscus here, um, before sending him off for his contact. Uh, of course that coach, uh, Pierre Weibo is black, so it was really interesting to see these players unite. They did stop the game. They resumed it the next day with new officials. But it was really interesting to see that. I don't know how familiar, Trey, you are with a lot of this stuff in Europe when it comes to soccer and some of the racism. Because one of the things they never really had in Europe was a civil rights movement like they had here in America. So there's some things that happened there that happened here in the fifties. Like I've seen instance of like bananas being thrown at black players and just weird things and signs and stuff that is extremely racist. It's really weird over there sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, we, we can get into the, you know, we could have a whole pod. We could have, we could never stop talking about, you know, the, the racism that, you know, athletes of all colors uh, face all the time. Um, but I, I think a big thing with the European soccer, I, I mean, this is an article I read years and years and years ago. Um, I'm not, you know, me, I'm not super familiar with European yeah. soccer. Um, but you know, they, our country's history is very different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also don't have, you know, the, the black people in this country were brought here, um, against their will, uh, yeah. 100%. Um, and, in in those European countries, it wasn't that way. So, Yep. Uh, a lot of the racism that, you know, America is full of racism. It is a an everyday struggle that, that is faced around the world, but definitely faced here in America, um, is that, you know, we did have a civil rights movement. We, you know, for the most part as a country, we are trying to change. Um, and I think a huge part of that is because of our history. Um, you know, definitely because of our history that those European countries just don't necessarily have. Uh, so, you know, it's going to take, um, you know, just, I guess, more time and more of a, a general understanding of other humans yeah. um, to get over stuff like that. Uh, especially when you're not, you know, having to, to come face to face with an atrocity uh, that happened here. Yeah, exactly. And that's just one of the things as we look at it, it's interesting to look at it through. I Because, I mean, some of the things that you see, it's like, could you, if something like that happened here, it, it would be lead news. It would be like, how does that even allowed to happen here anymore? But it happens so much, it seems like. But one of the things, again, and yes, there can be education and all that stuff, but it almost seems like the best way to do it is when you get one of these star players, they're great and they help you win. Because it was shown um, Liverpool, their best player is Egyptian national uh, Mohamed Salah. And since he debuted there and helped Liverpool win the premiership and win all these cups that they're getting over there, um, Islamophobic crimes and hate speech and stuff in Liverpool has dropped considerably, according to a study, which is just amazing once you get the cultures to come together like that. 
Uh, so sometimes winning just makes everybody happy and puts them in a good mood. Yeah, man, and that's and I don't want anybody to to ever think that we're saying that's what it takes to. to no, it doesn't. It is just it is, but you're absolutely right, man. It has been a tool. Um, you know, sports brings people together, not just the athletes that play it, but it brings together communities, um, you know, towns, whole states, um, and especially in Europe, entire countries. Uh, you know, we you see, I feel like European soccer is so famous for the fights, you know what I mean? The, the between fan bases. Um, and, and I really think that as, you know, as the world's progressing, I'm hoping we can get to a point where instead of, uh, we're looking at each other's differences in a, in a negative way. We started. Yep. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Trey, I think your mic might've died. Can you hear me now? Sorry. There you are. That's My okay. Fault. That's okay. We can we can edit that. No problem. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, you didn't even have to. I was just like, you were just like, all right, hold on. And then I was like, I kept talking and you didn't respond. And I was like, well, what, what happened? Uh, no. All right, cool. But yeah, winning brings people together. It's it's great to see. One of the other things too, you talk internationally. The United States uh, Olympic and Paralympic committees. Um, have said that they are not going to punish athletes for protesting at the Olympics if the Tokyo Olympics are to go ahead in 2021. So there's not going to be you're not you're not going to see athletes punished for raising fists uh, in the air like uh, you know like uh, the guys back in the 1968 Olympic Games there in Mexico City like Tommy Sims and John Carlos and those guys. So. That'll be cool. Again, it allows them to protest, and we're not going to do anything to punish that. I think that's a really good thing to help bring about social change. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it is. I don't know, man. We're just in. Well, it's so crazy that we live in a time where we say in America to American athletes that are going to compete and not getting paid, mind you, yeah. uh, quote unquote, not being paid. Yeah, there's a whole other thing we can talk yeah. about with the Olympic there, model. Yeah. Yeah, they're not making a salary per se. Yeah, um, they're doing it for the love of the game and love of country. And America's whole thing is supposed to be freedom, and it's a big deal. That hey, we're not going to punish you if you if you speak your mind. That's yep. insane to me. Yeah, uh, one of the other things uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this is interesting. So in the Paris Games, so the Olympics when they're coming to Paris in 2024, uh, one of the new sports, breakdancing. Jesus. All right. Next. <laughs> Sports brings people together. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. well, Shibley, I don't think I can give you a politically correct response to that. I'll be that honest. is perfectly fine. Uh, I just figured I'd love to hear your reaction on that. Uh, one of the things I loved was um, that because a lot of people are like, why don't you just bring like Call of Duty or uh, e-gaming? Uh, Fortnite or something like that. Yeah, e-gaming. As much as I think I would be totally fine with that, I think the Olympic Committee would still look at it. It's like, I know there's a lot of, you know, hand-eye coordination and physical. There's a lot more physical ability in playing top-level video games than people think, but I just think they still see them sitting in a chair and they just wouldn't want to call that a sport. And we could talk about breakdancing or rhythmic gymnastics or things like that. Um, dude, curling is a sport. Yeah, I get it. They got to get way deep down there, and yeah, but yeah. come on, bro. <laughs> but it's now I'm not, I, and I'm not shitting on curling by any means. Yeah. I could, I couldn't do it. There's yeah. no way. There's no way I would score one point in curling. Yeah, but but I'm just saying it's much more of a mind game than it yeah. is. Of course, uh, anything. Yeah, a couple of the other uh, games, though, that I'm really excited are making their Olympic debut, though, uh, well, now would be next year in Tokyo, as uh, surfing, rock climbing, and skateboarding. I mean, they've had some of that stuff at the X Games, so why not move it over to the Olympics? So I'm excited to have skateboarding, especially at the Olympics. Yeah, man, I, I think what we're going to run into with a lot of stuff is that um, not, I feel like, you know, I, I have been wanting football in the Olympics yeah. forever. But it, there's no like why <laughs> like why it's yeah. it's almost you know at least basketball is is 
becoming more competitive in the Olympics. As soon as we started allowing professionals to play, it was over. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sports that I would love to see in the Olympics, but it would just get dominated by certain, not just by Americans, but by certain countries that play it a lot more. Yeah. Well, there's one sport I want them to bring back. First of all, they did bring golf back, which was interesting, but one they used to have in the early days of the Olympics that I really think they should bring back is tug of war. Uh, that stuff like that, man, is like just is next level. Yeah, you mentioned being. Oh, yeah, I was a gold medalist in what tug of war. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I silvered in in Red Rover. It was awesome. That would be. (laughs) Oh man, I used to be great at Red Rover. Um, but that was that was a whole other thing we could talk about. Uh, (laughs) talking about playground games back when we were kids. Um, but one of the other things uh that's gotten a lot of popularity. New, and then we'll go into wrestling here in a second, was the fact that uh, on Netflix, one of the big shows that has been uh, the past month or so has been The Queen's Gambit, which oh, is a yeah. show about a, a chess prodigy from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Harmon is her name. It's a great show. Uh, Mrs. Shibbles and I have been watching it. It's phenomenal. But it showed that chess popularity has been, especially in this country, has exploded since the show has come back on. It's been amazing. Chess.com is saying they've got the greatest numbers that they've had in years. Um, like book sales are up like hundreds of percentage points, which is amazing to see. Uh, so I think it's really cool. I mean, I've always been interested in chess. I know how to play. I've you know played it a good amount. Like I can be okay, but it's really cool just to see everybody do this. And that's I've been playing some games on chess.com think i'm getting a little bit better but it's great to see a game like that that's cerebral that people can do together while they're still stuck in quarantine yeah man what i love about uh stuff like that and again i don't want to just pull another thought off the internet and and spill it here but i had mentioned last chance you earlier and how i was kind of into to junior college football um because i had you know some friends that played or whatever but then I get into last chance you, and now I follow it. You know, there I follow some of the, the you know, I got them on ESPN, so on and so forth. Um, it's so awesome to me to see how things can dominate culture um, it, it, in a positive manner. In, in this being, I think chess is, is definitely, um, like you said, a way to bring people together while they're still apart. And it brings a competitive nature. Now, there's the obviously negative versions of that. Like when Tiger King came out, I wanted two hundred tigers, uh, and I was gonna have a whole a whole sanctuary. But that's not how life goes. But I can get on Chess.com and play. Yep. Yeah, it's also not sponsored by Chess.com. No, of course not. Not a sponsor. I would love to have Chess.com as a sponsor. Oh It'd be amazing. Oh my, oh my gosh! <laughs> It'd yeah, be a whole thing. Yeah, the last time you look historically, the last time the U.S. had this much real enthusiasm about chess truly was when Bobby Fischer. Uh, beat the Russian Spassky uh, to become world champion back in the 70s. But that started waning after Bobby Fischer, uh, you know, all the anti-Semitism and becoming insane, uh, you know, kind of derailed that a little bit. But it's still great to have it. Don't ever meet your heroes, folks. Exactly. In a lot of these things. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of don't meet your heroes, Kenny Omega has gone full... uh, insane in his own right uh after winning the aew world championship from john moxley last week he showed up on impact uh talking about winning more championships so it looks like he's going to try and win titles in a bunch of different places it seems like that's where he's gone he's gone full paranoid heel and i love it uh the cleaner is back which makes me very happy so we'll see where it goes with kenny omega but another great show. It looks like Sting is going to be sticking around AEW for a while. We'll see how much the 60-year-old Sting can do. But it's great. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think, uh, you know, I, I've, I'm re- fairly recent uh, to Kenny Omega and, and you know, his – I got the crash course from you and Chase on who the guy was um, even before AEW's conception, but, like, right before. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't think he, you know, obviously he's had heel turns before, but the way they're doing this is beautiful. It, it's next level. Um, you're really just completely changing the guy, you know, uh, his character. And I think it's setting a tone for who he'll be in AEW for, you know, 
a decade, more yeah. more. Yeah, he can be someone who can carry the promotion while bringing some of these other guys up. It's great. I've loved Kenny Omega since I saw him against Okada, uh, even back before he had the great match with Jericho a few years ago in the Tokyo Dome. So it's great. Uh, we'll see where all this, again, we talked more about AEW and Impact and the NWA kind of doing talent shares. We'll just see where all that ends up, but I'm excited to see it as the WWE kind of spins their wheels as they head toward TLC, where it looks like the rumor is going to end up being it might be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania. And it's like, are you kidding me? Why? How can AEW be so good and WWE be so bad? I know. I I will never understand. And heel Roman is so great. It's so much fun to watch heel Roman Reigns, but they're just going to derail it with stupidity. Yeah, they're going to derail it with Goldberg winning a title at WrestleMania again. It's like, bro, we booed you out of the WWE at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania you fought Lesnar. It's like, bro, we get it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe maybe it's just a Twitter feud. Who knows? With them, it's probably not. So, um, but we'll see. Well, you ready to pick some football games? Let's do it, buddy. All right. Uh, Diving in here. Missouri, by the way, Tennessee taking care of Missouri early in the season back when we had hope. Missouri has turned things around going 5-3 and after that crazy game against Arkansas last week. They are ranked heading into a matchup hosting Georgia here. Georgia is favored by 13, but I think Missouri's going to give them a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Missouri has definitely turned it around, man, but they're definitely not. <laughs> I, still, I still think they're going to get crushed. I think Eli Drinkwitz, though, I do believe after especially beating uh, Arkansas and their coach, I think Eli Drink, which I would give him SEC Coach of the Year right now, personally. That is a what's the line this week? It's thirteen points against Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I think Georgia beats them by at least twenty. Like I would give somebody points on that game. Yeah, we'll see. Georgia, we'll again, we'll see. the way Missouri. Well, also, yeah. Georgia. What does Georgia have to play for? So I mean, I yeah. could be way off base. We'll see. That's why they play the game, and it's an early kick up there in Missouri. I don't know what the temperature is going to be, but uh, it, it could be cold up there. Uh, so that's a lot of it. I think the forecast is like forty-three. So I mean, George is probably used to that at this point. But yeah, that'd be fun. One of the other games, uh, of course, it got. Uh, postponed you had the Oklahoma West Virginia game which I was kind of looking forward to but Oklahoma is going to get looks like a essentially a bye week before they face Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game next week which we'll talk about but again my favorite rivalry game we talked about the, I talked about this a little bit early it's the Army Navy game I've always loved watching those cadets and midshipmen go at it it's just the honor and pride and everything you have. It's just everything right to me about college football and how it is. And you talk about the military in this country. I love it all the time. They are playing it at um, in uh, West Point for the first time in 77 years because of COVID-19. They didn't want to put it in one of the NFL stadiums because they usually play it in like Philadelphia or Baltimore, places yeah. like that. But um, you've got Army coming in at 7-2. and two. Of course, some of the games that they have played have been against lower division teams. And it's also weird. They're not wrapping up their season against Navy. They're playing Air Force next week, which is kind of weird. But Army's looking okay. Navy has played a tougher schedule. Uh, They are 3-6. and But Navy, I mean, has played BYU. They've played Tulane, which has been a good team. They've, They've also played like Houston. They've played SMU, so they've had a tougher road to hoe uh, than Army has, which even though Navy is 3-6 and six and a 7-point underdog, I'm going to go with Navy in this one to beat Army. Yep, I'm right there with you, buddy. I think, uh, I think Navy's going to be the much better coach team, and, and they've you know they've played the higher level of competition, so you know when they get in there with Army, it's not going to surprise them. Um, but I think when Army steps in the ring with Navy, they're going to be, you know, it's a new level of competition. Um, see, I, th- I think Navy gets them uh, not handily, 
You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. I will say uh, I love doing it on a rivalry game. Go to the bank, take out a loan, get as much money as you can. I put it on the money line to Nate, for Navy to win this game. All right. I'll take it. Moving while you move over to the ACC, Miami, sneaky good at 8-1 and one and ranked 10th in the country going up against a North Carolina team that's won all the games they're supposed to win and then lost against who they're supposed to lose to except Florida State when they lost that one. But this should be a really good matchup. Miami is the favorite by just three points. I've got Miami winning this one by at least 10. Yep, that, yeah, it's another game that I would give. Yeah, I would give Miami, I would give somebody more points. Uh, I think Miami still, uh, I think they win by at least two touchdowns. Another one where Florida's definitely looking for some payback against LSU. Florida hosting the Tigers. Florida is a 23-point favorite. How do you think they go after them and just blow them out, even though Florida's got the SEC championship game coming up? Um... Yes, I do, but just for playoff implications, um, just because I don't think Florida – you know, we'll talk about it more next week. I don't think Florida is, is going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship. Um, I don't think anybody's going to beat Alabama all year. But if Florida really wants to to try to sneak in that back door in that fourth spot, you beat the hell out of the defending national championship. They're defending national champions about 45 points. It's hard to argue with you. Yeah. I agree. Meanwhile, you've got, let's pick it, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Uh, just as, as I used to call it when Butch Jones coached the team, the Champions of Life Bowl, because, just yeah, I know. Just figured I'd just keep stabbing you with all that. Tennessee, 2-6, and six, been able to do something with points. Vanderbilt has been a dumpster fire all season long, 0-8. They don't have their head coach anymore. Uh, Tennessee is favored right now. It is 16 points. The over-under, we have it at 50. Again, I just think Tennessee, as it should be, even in years where we've lost to Vanderbilt, Tennessee on just talent alone should be able to beat even the best Vanderbilt teams by 10 points at least every year. And I've got Tennessee doing that. I've got them beating Vanderbilt. No matter who plays quarterback, I think Tennessee's going to be able to run the ball and do some things that they haven't been able to do against some of these other teams. I've got Tennessee winning 31-20. to 20, And I do believe Sarah Fuller's going to get an extra point. So I think she's going to come in and kick an extra point against Tennessee. But yeah, Tennessee think, doesn't win. I think this is going to be her one and only shot to do so. I do agree with you that I think, I think she was going to kick two extra points. Uh, and hit them both. Um, man, this is going to be my shortest uh, breakdown of a Tennessee game probably ever. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything positive to say. I don't want to. I've already said all the negative things I can. Um, man, it's it's just like Al Davis said, just win, baby. Just let's get out of here. Let's get out of the season. Let's beat the hell out of Vanderbilt. Let's have some sort of normalcy. Um, Tennessee is not going to cover though. I, I got Tennessee winning seventeen fourteen. Okay. I like it. Well, hopefully we'll come back and the funky music that opens this fine program every time we do it together uh, will actually put us in a good mood uh, next week. Oh, my That's the other thing. It just not to break the fourth wall completely, but me and Shidley are doing these remotely. We're trying to be uh, – A, it's, it's you know, we're obviously trying to social distance. It's also much more convenient. Like, I feel like even if this wasn't happening, this is, like, kind of the mood. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank you to Zencaster. We, we don't – we, we can't hear – we put the music in and – or I say we. Shibley puts the music in and post, <laughs> so I don't get to hear it. If I had to hear the funky drop every time we started these episodes, I don't know how long I could do it. So yeah. the silence has been blissful. Uh, yeah, sometimes the silence, yeah, makes you feel a little better. I play it just a little bit just to make sure I get our intro and outro right where it needs to be, but that's about it with what I do with that. But, hey, uh, I feel – better about this week so hopefully we'll be in a better mood next week uh trey where can they find you on the socials and all the the fun things coming any uh yucks shows coming up oh they can find me on a bridge if we lose this week okay uh no i'm just kidding no. um t- no you can find me on twitter at trey pack t-r-e-p-a-c-k find me on instagram at trey pack one um you can find me on the facebook uh that's the search trey pack 
Uh, you can find me there and see where I'm going to be doing the the LOLs and the jokes. Um, I've got some stuff booked uh, coming next year. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get anything um, through the end of the year just because cases are spiking and people are kind of playing it by ear. But definitely find me on there now so that way in January you'll know where I'll be. I like it, and we'll we'll find each other. I'm going to get a microphone back in my hand. I can't wait to get back on stage, too, and bring some of the yucks, especially after the year 2020's been. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely, you know, I, I do not agree with people that are like, we've got to have comedy. Laughter's the best medicine. You're an idiot. Yeah. But let's get back out there and tell some jokes. Yeah, I agree. Tennessee winning's the best medicine. That would make me happy. Oh, uh, Tennessee football program is the biggest joke, so, you know, it all works out. There you go. You can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Of course, I've told you where you can find uh, the man in the arena podcast, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Of course, listen to us on Sagas and Shenanigans. We've got new episodes coming soon, I've been told by Boston, our great yeah, yeah. dungeon master. We just ended our first season, at least recording it. Uh, the new episode should be coming out. Trey's still mad at my character. Uh, so uh, we don't, I, I wasn't even gonna bring it up, Shibley. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it. You, y'all can. Y'all can wait and see. Exactly. Uh, I, wild wasn't, with, I wasn't even gonna do this episode. <laughs> I know. I scared him. Wild with a Y. Uh, that's a great podcast as well. Of course, uh, BRBAFK Geeks Inherited the Earth. There's some of our friends doing great podcasts. So all of it. We love you guys out there. Those five star reviews are a big help. Uh, Trey, hopefully we'll be in a better mood next week, but until then, too sweet. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.